C.C. Michael, host of All Things Alberta, the podcast that knows that Alberta will be better off on our own, and we really don't care what people east of Saskatchewan thinks about it. Let's get after it. All right, welcome to episode 21. I've got my uh, one of my special guests back on the show. He was kind enough to join. I forget what episode it was, Dave, but uh, you, uh, I made a whole bunch of mini shows out of it because there was a whole pile of information after, well, did we get together? How many times did I interview you? At least twice, right? I think, yeah. I think, two or three, yeah, anyway. Twice. Yeah, and, I think you made five videos, so. And we had we had so many issues and questions and and topics that I, I just had to split them up into uh, into smaller sections and and so if anyone was looking for those specific topics they could just punch it in and, and there would be the there would be the explanation but after uh, after interviewing Dave uh, I made a concerted effort to follow Mr Bjorkman and uh, have been trying to do so diligently ever since uh, before I move on I just want to to, to briefly tell my uh, my viewers here on rumble.com which is where we're putting all our videos now uh, that uh, that as I promised before I wasn't going to be in this pretentious library where I show off how smart I am but uh, but we're having some technical issues in the new in the new office and uh, and and so Jared won't be in this one because we couldn't get all the mics to work but uh, that's his job because he's the technical producer. So uh, we're back in here in, into the pretentious library. And uh, so Dave went, Dave disappeared. So after our interview, Dave disappeared for four months, right? Where, where did you go, Dave, for that yeah. four months? Um, just to work and to focus on me. I lost 44 pounds. Pretty happy about that. I, uh, I had uh, I'm, you know, in my age, I'm starting to develop arthritis. My knee has been bugging me for a number of years. And, of course, it acted up. It exploded. And, uh, you know, I just had to get the weight down and get myself back on track. And I did that. So There you go. Yeah. You're looking good. Uh, and then, of course, after that four months, you came back with a gusto. Uh, you were uh, you were putting up all kinds of videos. Is that where most people can find your videos now? Is just on Facebook. So we just need to follow. And when it says Dave Bjorkman's going live, that's when we hit it. Or or do you have other videos coming out that we can follow you on? Um, and YouTube as well. It's more on the academic side. I did also during that four month period do a world forum tour with. Uh, the greatest minds in academics and constitutional law in the entire world by far. I've been to, um, I guess that's actually a big deal. Sorry, Chris. I, yeah, I mean, uh, no, it wasn't just for my health. I did that too. But I also took some training with, uh, yeah, like I said, the world's greatest uh, academics by far, world ranked. Uh, I've been on forums with uh, Supreme Court justices from major countries of the world, United States, India, China, it goes on and on. All, all the countries I've talked about yeah, over the last three years, I've been to Oxford, Yale, Harvard, Princeton, and uh, many more. It's just been uh, phenomenal. Uh, and I, 
extremely awesome journey. Uh, my friend Richard Albert, uh, top 10 in the world. He took a shine to me at the Alberta Law Center, giving a presentation, a big forum for lawyers and academics. I showed up there, introduced myself. I got up, asked him a few questions to prove a few points for Albertans and Canadians, really, to take on the political party system. And uh, from there, we just uh, became friends. And he took me on this epic journey. And it's just it's just been so incredible. From that, I've got, and I already had many from, from economics and uh, policy, but I didn't ever get into the legal side. And now it's just sprouted into medical, into almost anything. There's no limits here. Like the best universities in the world, the best professors. And, uh, you know, when you, you start to have those kinds of people, and you're in forums with them and you get that kind of one-on-one -on -one time or, or even like Supreme Court justices in many countries throughout the world, when those guys, you know, take you along on somebody and say, hey, contact them. Do you mind if I use your name to go talk to this person in this field? They're an expert and they say, yeah, sure, Dave, no problem. And then they, they add their name to it and then I get, a, I get an audience, right? So what was incredible, everybody, is just what I found really worked was if I take, somebody of that academic stature and i i take everything they've ever written and all the projects they've done over their lifetime and i i, I read all that to take it in and then i you know present to them and i know what what work they did and where they're coming from then then all of a sudden right or left it doesn't matter what their political leaning they just they find that uh incredible right that someone will put that much time and getting to know who they are and you know welcome aboard i guess so pretty good for a, a small time alberta that's for sure and it, well, no, it's, no. it's producing it, it, i look at it and, and think that uh oftentimes we get in our heads i i forget who i was watching i it was uh i think i watched dave rubin this morning while i was doing some marking and whatnot and and uh the guest he had on was uh, an academic from i want to say in montreal somewhere and uh and the idea was is is uh you know why do we go and stick our neck out and and uh, have to have to educate people or at least talk about or challenge the zeitgeist and and why do we why do we do such things when it usually ends up being such a headache and and the the response was that it's up to each individual which is one of the reasons why i continue to do this show is because we cannot be silent in the fact that, that if I reach, if I reach five people and I change one of those five's opinion to, to steer clear of the stupidity that's going on, then, then at least I've, I've steered one aside, you know, like, and, and so it's, it's with that idea that if we show interest, I, I don't know of a professor, a teacher anywhere that would not feel I mean, they're in that profession for a number of reasons, but one of them is they want to make disciples and they don't care if you're paying tuition or not. They do, but they don't, you know what I'm saying? If they can find someone who's clearly shown the interest in, into their work and they can really help with that work, they're, they're going to take you under their wing and, and help you as much as they can. Of course they will. That, that's what they live for, right? Yep. So. Absolutely. That's very well said. And I, 
that that's what's happened here and I'm, I'm very excited about it to enter that uh, realm it's something I know especially in the narrative of creating a nation of Alberta and to build that you absolutely need academia there's no question and uh, what, what's interesting here is I've really toppled a lot of the narrative in both Alberta and in uh, in Canada so I love that because our mm. experts, not not all, but the ones that the media puts forward and political parties consistently utilize, they don't seem to have those ties with the actual world experts. And the narrative is very much different. And when you produce something or somebody that people can't just say, hey, you know, uh, you know, it's easy to say, hey, Dave Bjorkman, who are you? You're not a lawyer. You're not this. You're not that. I mean, I'm an economist, but you know what I mean? When I start speaking yep. about all these other issues, even though I've done the work, but I don't have the credentials, so to speak, right? So I've seeked to find those people. And then when you do bring them forward, it, it does create a big stir. And I got this stupid fly. Yeah, I see it. Annoying me. He's been bugging me for my last five videos. The Biden, or, uh, the Pence curse, the Pence curse. You know, I'm trying to get this bugger. He's never around when I, you know, and I got all this construction here. So this guy's been uh, living in the drywall dust, growing somehow. It's just one, but it's it's annoying. He's a big housefly. Yeah, and I he's uh, really cool, yes, just sit down and uh, turn on your camera, and it'll come out. Yeah, well, that's what happened. The bright screen, though, he's just buzzing around here. Yeah, there he is. I'm like, come here. Oh, well, anyways, no, I, let's continue. <laughs> so I wanted to, uh, man, the, the number of times, like, it, it's almost daily, Dave. Every time you you uh, release a video, I want, I just want to grab you and talk more. But the best I can do is just, just send you a quick note saying thanks for the video. Um, but but every day there's so much more stuff that you put out that I, I want to talk about more and more. Uh, I guess because I want to keep it Alberta related as, as most we can. Uh, the latest thing that just happened is uh, the UCP general meeting happened. Uh, from the videos that I saw you release, it looks like you put in a fair amount of time. Uh, seeing them, listening carefully. Were you you weren't there? Were you? No, absolutely not. I'm banned from UCP. And actually, they, I'm just going to try and see if I can open my window here and get this bugger out of here. But I probably won't because it's window. Uh, too cold outside. It's snowing, eh? I don't know about you guys. but Yeah, it was yesterday. Again. No, uh, UCP, our relationship deteriorated uh, quite some time ago. Um, Post-2018 there, well, even before that, when Brian lost the leadership for UCP, I started building the Alberta Independence Party. I, I made a resolute commitment to do that. And I put three months into research, credible research on w how we would go about doing that. And uh, of course, I went with that. And in doing so, I was still a member, obviously, because I was a Wild Rose member and I had a long term membership with Wild Rose, obviously. And with the merger, I inherently got one with UCP as well, right? Right. So, you know, and right away, the conservative side, it was, okay, Dave, can you um, 
come set up uh, the Constituency Association in, in what was Anthony Henday West Edmonton, and, and now it's West Henday, but um, I, and Medlark. I, I took the old Medlark riding to put that together for UCP, and then I helped assist in that. I actually nominated and, and voted through every position. I was asked to take a, a prominent position in that constituency association. I refused because, you know, I was building the Alberta Independence Party and I, I respectfully declined and said, hey, I don't mind helping you guys, right? I'm a conservative too, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'm moving on to something else, which I, I didn't disclose to them. A lot of the conservatives knew, but uh, once I, I came, became public with the Alberta Independence Party and as we, we were drawing closer, the attack started as UCP was fighting for who would be the MLA of that constituency association. I found myself, you know, basically tricked into uh, an event and uh, they tried to, you know, frame me basically for, uh, you know, inviting a group that I, I didn't. It wasn't my event to host. I was busy, so tremendously busy with the Alberta Independence Party. I had no time for that, but there was a candidate that invited me, came right to my house, and I said, okay, I'll do it. And then, uh, you know, I showed up, and then, of course, they had a terrible event. I, I did really well there. I had, I had most of the community coming to me with independence, and then, uh, boy, did I get it from UCP. I was thrown out. Um, city Center UCP tried to restore me, tried to put me back with the party, that was scrapped. Nicole Williams at the time, which was the, you know, director of, of UCP, had me tossed again. And then I just, you know, and I didn't ask. I mean, they, they a lot of the CAs in, in the Edmonton area and, and old Wild Rosers still still appreciate me. They know what I'm all about and, and you know, who I am. But, uh, man, I, I couldn't believe what, what they were trying to do. And... Uh, you know, that's what happened, and uh, I haven't been back since, so I've been blocked. Um, recently, I've been throwing off all their social media again. I'm not allowed to like, comment, or anything. <laughs> um, before their AGM, they had uh, released a membership drive, and then we really got to see exactly where UCP is here in Alberta by Albertans, because non-provincial non conservatives can't buy a membership or get into get into that right you have to be an albertan and then we see the true numbers and the fallout then you saw all the comments and of course they kept re-uploading the video redoing the post blocking and deleting every separatist who or or disenfranchised conservative or just people in other movements that are conservative and uh, they, they blocked do dozens, many, at least 87 that I screenshotted in, in a 24-hour period. But I don't even know how many more times he re-uploaded the video blocking people and, you know, re reposting it. But to, still to this day, there's only, I think, 200 likes and loves on it. The AGM, there's only two, 300 likes and loves. So there's a tremendous amount of fabrication being being completed by conservatives right now for Alberta's UCP. Uh, from what I understand from CAs and, and even EDAs here in the province of Alberta, 
the follow membership is huge. Mm-hmm. People aren't renewing their their memberships. Uh, we're talking tens and tens of thousands. I, I hear as high as 50,000 from party insiders, and it, it, it's drastic. It is really, really drastic. It's a mighty blow to UCP, and I I don't see them recovering, honestly, guys. I was just this about to ask you that. Like, I was yeah. just about to say, where, where do you think this is going to land the UCP? Because there's people like me that when, uh, when Kenny was doing the, the amalgamation thing, he was trying to get the UCP uh, going. Uh, I, you know what? It was one of those things where I, I think it was the last straw for me. I'll give, the, I'll give the conservatives one more go behind Kenny. Maybe Kenny can uh, get some stuff ironed out, figured out. Uh, what I really, really hoped was that uh, he would take on Trudeau and the Liberals as uh, as a separatist, that he would lead us as separatists out of, and he, he squandered a, a beautiful opportunity. I think that if, if uh, he would have taken hold of the reins of separatism early on when, uh, when uh, the fever pitch was as high as it was, uh, it would have given the separatist movement instant credibility, and and we could have done a, uh, a, a what do you call it a, a a vote, and and would have had a clear majority at that point. But uh, he absolutely refuses. And then on top of that, as I've been watching you and and report on, uh, not only will he never get the thirty percent socialists in this province, he'll never get that vote. But uh, with some of his moves, everything from, um, uh, I think it was, it has to do with the uh, tax breaks he's given oil and gas with regards to pipelines. And uh, so that is going to put uh, a massive, as, as uh, one of our council people here at the, uh, I'm in the MD of Bighorn, as he said, the MD of Bighorn will survive because we don't actually have that much for pipelines. So we don't get a whole lot of tax revenue from pipelines. But he said uh, there are many, many counties in Alberta that absolutely rely on those tax revenues coming from the pipelines. And with those gone, there will be uh, counties that literally go bankrupt. They'll go broke. And the taxes, it's going to go back on farmers. It's going to go back on hamlets and and all the whatever belongs to the county. Towns, villages. um, Tax bases are going to go we will pay for yeah. it, and that's going uh, to further erode his uh, his his yeah. base. That is his rural Alberta is his base, and he's absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah, there there's. I'll put it to you this way: there are seven for sure right now. Everybody watching, that this isn't make believe. You're gonna. It doesn't matter even really what I say, you know, whether people want to take it as credible or not. But just this year alone, it's going to be. Three hundred to three thousand dollars, like for some farmers, in additional taxes collected, upwards of next year to the tune of twelve hundred for a lot of townies, hamlets, and, and people in those residentials like that, as much as nine thousand dollars for farmers. Okay, in, in at least seven communities, constituencies, rural constituencies, eh? So it, it, what should really happen is if he's going to give those breaks, put it on every Albert, and I'm saying if, I don't agree that he should give those breaks anymore. I love oil and gas. That's been my life. 
I'm an energy guy. I have all the work in coal. And historically, I have oil and gas. But the reality is 80 to upwards of next year, $290 million placed upon seven to as much as 18 rural ridings, depending. you got pump jacks. It's not just yeah. that. It's the natural gas. Yes, pipelines, oil and gas. But but there's more than just that, you guys. There's batteries. There's pump jacks, um, fields, everything else, wells. It's uh, it's terrible. You know, that. I'll put it to you this way, Albertans. We have a 1% royalty right now, and it's almost nil right now. Mm -hmm. And with the breaks he's giving that he's going to place on those rural municipalities who now have to tax the residents, it is a division of the province's power who mandates the municipalities, not federal government. This isn't Justin Trudeau. This is 100% Jason Kenney, okay? His constitutional power is unrestricted constitutional power because the province of Alberta doesn't have a constitution. Any leader coming forward, Rachel Notley, Jason Kenney, can do almost anything they want with their division of powers with absolutely no accountability, no rules to live and play by. I could get into police too, but we're going to stay on this. It's the same thing with police, basically, Albertans. Instead of, you know, if the provincial power of a police force, instead of crediting back the savings to rural Albertans, uh, the entire province being accountable for it, and everyone saving equally, he's going to transfer those savings into select cities, stripping it from the rural Albertans. I'm learning all about this now. I had no idea. I'm going to be going into a forum. I hope I got. One MLA I'm not going to announce right now, a world academic expert, and I'm hoping three media groups, one left, one right, and one right down the center so that everybody, and of course, sorry, the other one center is rural Alberta. So I'm giving every media chance from every group mm -hmm. to come forward, left or right. But it's exactly what's happening here. Jason's using his constitutional power. To instead of alienate his Calgary-based support, which does have the most ridings in Alberta, it keeps him at uh, one-third of the province, which is still not very good, you, you guys. It's not, especially if NDP picks up seven more ridings, seven, eight, nine more ridings in rural Alberta. She's going to win the election, and Jason Kenney's going to lose, becoming official opposition, which this isn't a separatist doing this. This is draconian autocratic policies by Jason Kenney, who is absolutely 100% concerned about appeasing Ottawa. He will rape, pillage, and plunder Alberta, especially rural Alberta with your small seat base comparatively to Edmonton and Calgary. He will rob you blind just to feed his base in Calgary. And I mean, I'm not trying to tear everybody apart here. It's just reality. We're all Albertans. We have to stand up for rural Alberta too, especially as conservatives. And he's going the other way. He's going completely Laurentian liberal. These are liberal agenda policies. Instead of fighting back and saying, you know what? 
the United States of America, every state in the U.S., averages a 10%, no less than 10% royalty on their oil and gas and natural resources. Alberta sits the lowest in North America at 1%, and we're still not viable because Ottawa has taxed so much, taxed and added so much Alberta-specific Section 91 federal powers of taxation that we don't even compare with the 1% royalty. There's no way. We could drop our provincial taxes to zero, and we still could not compete with the average state because the federal government does not take nearly as much as our federal government. And and now, sorry, Chris, I'm going to let you continue, but Jason Kennedy just did this with Aaron O'Toole at the AGM. Sunday, yesterday, finished it off that Alberta is to pay a vast amount by any means necessary to Ottawa. And Jason Kenney and Aaron O'Toole are 100% behind these draconian measures proposed by Biden. Paris Climate Accord, big emitters carbon tax, i.e. the Alberta tax for all of Canada. And of course, you know, the uh, end of Energy East that we watched Aaron O'Toole, even though he campaigned the other way to get leadership, within a week went to Quebec, went to Premier Legault and said, don't you worry, live in front of everybody, it's published, we are not going to entertain Energy East, it's over. Yeah, basically said that uh, Quebec has the veto for Energy East, which is, uh, again, just, uh, well, the funny thing is, is that nobody out here is surprised by that, right? Like nobody, I, I certainly was not surprised when he said that. And I think anyone who bought the idea that he was going to, what, bully Quebec into Energy East, give me a break. Like it's, it's not happening. And so the, the fact that he could stand in front of uh, the cameras and, and declare that Energy East is a, is a, has a, as a Quebec veto to it. Well, anyone who's been paying attention to politics at all in this country in the last 50 years knew that was coming, like they had to. But it's it's the lie that he told everybody. He played this alt-right, which if you look at his 2015, I've been a long-time conservative, and I was a CPC member as well. I mean, not anymore, but... In, in, in 2015, when Aaron O'Toole ran for leadership, he came in fourth place. Mm-hmm. If you look at, which I saved it, I saved all the candidates. I saved it, and Aaron O'Toole's platform is completely opposite of the one he just ran on, this alt-right, uh, I'm for tough, conservative, true blue values, is what he just ran on, got elected, and then he reverted back to the Aaron O'Toole who couldn't get elected, in, in the role of leadership in 2015. He completely reverted right back to it, that ultra Laurentian liberal conservative. Yeah. It is of the party of, of 1871. This is Jason Kenney, Stephen Harper, Aaron O'Toole, and everybody inside the Harper government. We were in a boom. Albertans were all working. I know I was. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. But I noticed election after election there for that eight-year eight period, every year Alberta was paying more 
and more, and our deficits kept growing. Immigration was radically imposed, four times the size of anything liberal or conservative like before it. The equalization was completely doubled every four years mm -hmm. during that reign of terror. And by the end of it, everything Ralph Klein had done had been eroded. And now we're sitting at a $24.2 billion annual deficit, two and a half times the worst scenario NDP with Rachel Notley, which was two and a half times the worst scenario of anything conservative prior to that, and then two and a half times prior to the conservative before that, all the way up to Ralph Klein paid off. It just didn't get better. This, this wasn't liberals who did this. This was Stephen Harper, Conservative Party of Canada. Then it was Trudeau said, oh, yeah, I will show you something twice as bad as that. And that, that's true. But the destruction of Alberta began with the federal election of Stephen Harper. And we all saw it. You can go back and you'll see these destructive policies that Trudeau's fully incorporated with were all put in place by Stephen Harper. And they and, continually grew year after year. And those were to continue to buy votes in the East, right? Like that, that's why they got the majority in 2006 was because of those promises, right? Yep. It's like this, Chris. We clearly see a liberal NDP coalition right now. Oh, absolutely. And, and I want people to pay attention here. Conservatives historically go since Stephen Harper Block Quebecois Quebec, which means Alberta pay vast sums of money to Quebec. To put in perspective, we went from 2.7 billion Harper era equalization to Quebec to then his first signing, 8.3 billion, his second signing, 13.7 billion dollars. Okay, Albertans, this isn't a small sum of money. That's just the province of Quebec. Just the province of Quebec. He did a Bloc Québécois slash Green Party deal to win some of the Green support. Paris Climate, Kyoto before that. Look at the history. This Global Agenda 2021, Harper fully endorsed it too, everybody. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's clearly in the record books. If anyone thought that any conservative underneath Harper or in Harper's administration, Jason Kenney, Aaron O'Toole, or anybody else is any kind of true blue conservative, you're vastly mistaken. These are socialist Laurentians who only care about the upper and lower Canada. The traditional parties, Liberal Conservative and Liberal Party of Canada. Those are the parties, the attachment of alliance reform, and every other party back in the history of Canada, eventually that merged with that party, no longer exists today. Do you find it surprising, Dave, when uh, when you talk to maybe uh, talk to people that uh, aren't on the independence bandwagon, that uh, when you say things like the Laurentian elites, when you say things like uh, we are a colony out here and we've been treated as a colony since before 1905, that uh, you, you find people 
scrunch up their face like you're some kind of idiot and and you know why would you think of of such a thing are you surprised by that i'm not surprised by it because i've been going through it i've been on this journey longer than anybody i think i'm one of the grassroots um not separatist i mean i always had separatist inclinations since i was a child and i, I grew up in a community where everybody was a separatist right <laughs> and, and actually one of the strongest conservative um towns and communities in, in all of canada pretty much but i'm not going to say which one but anyone can look that up and find out and, and people know where i grew up anyway but that's the reality but we've always known this and, and just so albertans understand you true blue alberta conservatives who grew up here you put a generation two to four to five here that built a business built something with your hands created something maybe you were wiped out in the first wave of trudeau maybe you were wiped out in the harper era maybe you're wiped out right now which many are just like the 20s and 30s there's a history of alberta your people yeah. you've learned that guess what it's people from that Laurentian East who come here to buy up everything, pennies on the dollar. It's a 13-year cycle, and then they get bought in here, and then you find you're working for them, and they, they're getting things that are worth a lot of money, but because the bottoms fell out, no one's going to invest here. It gives that Laurentian Toronto, that Laurentian Quebec, a great opportunity to come over here and scoop everything up, Meanwhile, our population runs to Ontario, which everybody has to. Because if you're any kind of professional, you want to make money, it booms out in Ontario. You're bankrupt here if you stay. So everybody's got to take what they can get. It, it, it hurts. It's hard. But what do you do? You, you sink with the ship or you work and you provide, right? And that's, right. that's what they've done. They destroyed our industries. Will they cut off at some point? Will be Trudeau be out like his father after 16 years? Yeah. yeah, probably. But the hyperinflation, as Brian Jean just published today, the hyperinflation's coming, everybody. That this was a reality in the 70s. It's, it was a reality in the 20s. It's why, you know, so many true blue Albertans fought. United Farmers Association and that party fought water resource rights social credit came in built a banking system got everything in place just have ottawa continually coming federal conservative federal liberal equalization was created by federal conservatives in 1957 deep socialism extreme mm -hmm. placed on alberta who finally got ahead out of the dust bowl never ever being allowed to succeed We've always been a colony. We always will. Call them conservative. Call them liberal. Call them NDP. They will bleed you dry for the centralized East. And that is just the way it is until we talk real legal separation. Because there is no fair deal. There's no amending the Constitution. <laughs> because the overwhelming weight of the East will vote you down. Well, and that's this, one of the I things just, that just drives yeah. me crazy is is the uh, is the Brian Jeans and the Stockwell days and and I, I don't know if you paid attention to uh, True North had had a uh, I forget the name of the professor at the University of Calgary 
but he had a, a, a debate, I guess, a, a moderated debate via Zoom um, that, uh, with, with Stockwell Day. And I was just so frustrated with Stockwell Day's answers uh, that, uh, number was, one. Uh, was that Trevor Toome? He was an old guy anyway. I don't remember mm -hmm. the name of the professor, but um, the uh, Stockwell Day said uh, two things with regards to separation. Number one, he said that uh, his, his grandchildren's generation will not tolerate such language even. So basically pulling the old uh, Lougheed, uh, you know, when he walked into, into negotiations with, uh, with, with Quebec and, and, and the rest of Canada, and the first thing he said was, uh, separations off the table. Well, we, we know how that worked out. Um, so basically, yeah. uh, trying to say that, that uh, while my, my grandchildren's generation will not tolerate such, uh, such ideas, and then the second one was he kept going back to, and I've heard Brian Jean write and, and say the same thing, and that is we need to reopen the Constitution. I, I don't know what makes these people think that that is ever going to happen. I, I, I don't know what's going like, uh, Should these people of anybody yeah. else know that that's just not, that's not an option? Well, and it's it's because of how you open the Constitution, the exactly. constitutional powers of opening it. Every province has to vote on it. Why would the other provinces vote on these challenges proposed by Alberta when seven of them, at least I'll say regions because there's territories too, yeah. at least seven of the regions are going to say no. Yeah, especially on equalization. If if you're getting like, we know Quebec's going to say no, but here's one for you and your your viewers. Half half of Prince Edward Island's revenue comes from equalization. Half. Mm -hmm. they, that Quebec doesn't get half of their revenue from equalization. It's a tremendous amount, thirteen and a half billion dollars, but they don't get half of their revenue from equalization. PEI does. Do you think PEI is going to say, yes, please, we want to be bankrupt, please, let's open the Constitution on equalization? No, not they're chance. not. Nova Scotia? No, absolutely not. Manitoba? No, absolutely not. There, there are seven regions beyond Quebec they are going to say, you no. can forget that. We're not going to do it. We're not going to look at it. We vote no. We don't. We like everything the way it is. Keep paying. That's it. it. It's not some kind of mystery here. Like it's common sense. You know, if 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 I don't have to pay, if you gave me a hundred bucks with with an unlimited time, you know, to ever pay it back, there's no. You have to pay it back, and then you say, "Hey, I want to have a meeting with 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 a group of friends, and we're going to vote." that you have to pay it back. What's that person going to say? Well, oh, no, I'm not doing that. No, exactly. I like the arrangement we have. When I yeah. feel like it, <laughs> I'll do something about it. But, of course, as long as they have a stream of money coming and you have to keep giving them 100 bucks every year because let's just say you agreed to that and now you want to stop it, well, they, they're not going to stop. They're going to say, oh, come on, I made a life. Yeah. Uh, I need that money. It's it's a case of beer, carton smokes, whatever. You know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna give it up. Why no. would they? they? Have to, right? 
Uh, well, we've been going at it for a while, but I wanted to uh, ask uh, at least one question, if not two. But one of the questions was if you could, if you could, if you could sum up—not not necessarily sum up—but what was what was your major takeaway from the UCP AGM that disturbed you the most? Well, personally, what disturbed me the most was the fact that Aaron O'Toole was brought in to the provincial side of politics which clearly draws a direct line between the federal party and the provincial party as in there is no line right that they support joe biden's green new deal they go about it in a whiny way that we have no choice lottie dottie da that we have to do this in order to get european companies and organizations from the EU and this Kanzik to invest in our energy. When we all know the number one investors in the United States of America, mm -hmm. we're losing that injection of investment because of Bill C-48, C-69, and of course the Paris Climate Accord. Well, why would they... Why would um, Kanzik, even if Kanzik went through... And and I'll be I'll be totally honest. The idea that I could travel and work in New Zealand and Australia and the UK that sounds wonderful. Uh, however, uh, the reality is that if if we've chased away with our with our uh, what do you call it, the free trade agreement between Mexico, U.S. and Canada, if if we've already chased away all of the uh, investment dollars that absolutely came from the U.S. Why would big dollars from Australia, New Zealand, or, or even the UK come? Like that, That's the part I don't get. Exactly. They won't. What it is, we're already seeing it. They're putting little carrots out there. And this should disturb every conservative, NDP or liberal supporter, whatever you call yourself, doesn't matter. When we start talking about green initiative, biorefineries, I can go on and on. There's so many windmills, power, that don't run 24-7, are not dependable seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. They're clearly not in any proven track record for that. Bio refineries are only utilized by countries, island countries, in very topical environments, like sugarcane republics, banana republics. There's only a viability there because they have no natural resources to drive their energy they have no choice but to take their agricultural industry and convert it into biorefineries you do that to a place like alberta with our climate you're eroding your farmers your agricultural sector into energy which drives our food prices up also our dependency on foreign food this is not something you want to do. It bolsters the big corporate farm, the big state farm, whichever way you want to go. NDP liberal, conservative block green, go big corporate farm or big state farm. Get rid of the little farmer, the family, destroy rural Alberta. They're both narratives the same on the same agenda. One's the global power, the other one's the state power. Is there any difference in the overall outcome of the socialism and the erosion of the middle class, the average work in Joe Jane? Where does the revenue come from at that point with taxes so low for big corporate and everything else? Yep. It means you work in stiffs 
got to work for the big corporate, and they'll just increase your taxes over and over again until you're living in poverty. Communism, globalism, doesn't matter. It's the same narrative. And that's what the AGM was the biggest alarm bell that should terrify every every Albertan, let alone conservative. This has been done before in Alberta's history. It was done in the 20s. Jason is bringing that federal conservative, liberal conservative party in our history back to life that did not last two full terms in Alberta and never survived. And here we are, 2020, watching, you know, Jason Kenney and Aaron O'Toole bring that right back to life. And every conservative should run, should run fast and hard because Alberta's history will show you that just that one thing in their AGM, that 10 minutes of those two should have sent warning bells to everybody. This has to end. Any support for UCP and CPC in Alberta must end. We need a new narrative and we need it now. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what ramifications, like where do we run to? Like for conservatives that are federalists, uh, they're either on board with what they're doing or even if it worries them at all, where do they run to? Uh, I guess the PPC uh, federally, but uh, yeah, I uh, I certainly hope that here's what I see happening and, and maybe, maybe you can chime in here. Um, there's a distinct possibility that the NDP get back in another accidental uh, government uh, because of the number of people like myself, you were saying earlier about the number of, of uh, UCP members that have dropped their membership. And uh, what I would like to see is a number of MLAs be elected from an independence minded party or independence. To me at this point, you know, uh, you know, I want to I want to have uh, C W Alexander on, and I know he's kind of picked up the torch from what you were you were uh, trying to do before, and and I don't know if by 2023 uh, there's going to be enough knowledge. I guess like I don't think people are quite picking up what you're laying down and what C W is trying to lay down. I don't think enough people are are wrapping their minds around it because it is such a paradigm shift from how we do things, right? And, and I don't know if it'll happen by 2023. So I kind of look at it and go, okay, I don't care if you vote for WIPA. I don't care if you vote for, uh, uh, what's Wexit called now? The, the, uh, it's WIPA, the Wild Roads Independence Party of Alberta. Right. That, and then, that, and then, that is the, the biggest one right now. We have AIP, we have, um, IPA, sorry, my, my old party. They're the yep. ones who are polling at 7%. Alberta party's coming back to life, but again, will it generate seats? The independence parties and movements and groups like CW doesn't have a party. I mean, right. it's, um, you know, and, I, and you know what that's all about, but I, I we have to see what's going to be presented here that way too. But uh, we have Marilyn Burns now, like what yep. I'm going to try and do is grab the best of the best, bring that together, and I'm doing this quietly. So, you know, Chris, it's okay we share this. So, but, yes, I'm really working with Marilyn Burns, who is a lawyer. I'm, I'm right behind her right now. We actually just had lunch today. 
Uh, there, there are some strong people in the Western Independence Party. Uh, sorry, Wild Rose Independence Party of Alberta yep. here, but not enough experts. And we're going to meet. We're going to see what we can do. We're going to see what we can do with AIP, Alberta Advantage Party, and all these different groups. And uh, you know, see if we can get everybody together. Because if we don't, and we don't have a professional platform, a professional agenda, and and I'm going to give it ultimately 11 more months if that is not completed in place with a credible movement of people going forward it's going to be over and i hate to say that but you're going to see ndp get reelected. the other thing about the agm was uh two-tier private health care um bad move for jason i mean he he breached the founding convention he uh, completely went back on his word, and uh, you know he, it's it's the autocracy that I've always talked about. People say, "Oh no, our board, our party." Well, Jason just breached that. He just did it again, like he always does. I mean, they, right. he's he's oh, and two tier healthcare, private healthcare. That's going to drive the numbers to NDP. Yeah, and- absolutely, no doubt about it. I didn't do this, which Jason's going to try and blame on the separatist movement, right? You saw it as the weapon, but kind of like Trudeau still blaming Harper for uh, his mess. Yeah, and it's like, geez, you know, like I bet you if you poll or the polls go in, I bet you Rachel Notley's probably at forty-two percent, and Jason's probably at thirty-six percent. That bad? It's not bad. I bet you any money, and independence really didn't grow at all, you know, no. like seven. And, yeah, and, and the unfortunate part no, about that whole thing, the, the whole part of that is even for a separatist like myself, when I look at when I look at what does an independent Alberta look like, what are we going to hold on to with regards to social programs and everything else, uh, even somebody as uh, somewhat libertarian as myself, um, there is something sacred about our universal health care. Uh, it worries yeah. me to it worries somebody like me to say, well, let's let's peek in that door. Let's look. And if it worries somebody like myself, who is who is more on the libertarian, I'm beyond conservative, I'm more libertarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that going to do for the average person? Like he just cracked exactly. open the door. Yeah, it makes Let it makes no sense. The Federalist, here's the other side of it, Chris. The Federalist Conservative is absolutely rooted in health care. You're looking at the real rich minority, which we all know is a rich minority. The average person is not, which is your major electorate, is not going to champion no two-tier system right away. It's, wait a minute, hold on. You just said I'm in the second tier, yeah. some elite group. You've given all these corporate handouts. You threw rural Alberta under the bus. Like, like the, is it just me or does it seem like Jason Kenney's purposely doing this? Like, well, unless he's that radical and stupid. Like, and I, I hate to say those words, but I know he's ignorant and, and he's not well educated. He's a great public speaker and a great used car salesman, but 
there are things you can sell. There's absolutely things you can't sell. Right. And that, that, would... that is like, I just go like this. Even yeah. myself at that convention and, and how he, he didn't use his veto as he used it on me, even though I passed with the majority, 57% on a policy in 2018. He was quick in front of everybody and, and to really kick me was to rip that up, right? Right. right. You know, and that, that, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not a baby, but it's just like, wow, the democratic process in a founding convention, and he, he ripped up my, my proposal that was passed by clear majority, not even a 50% plus one. It was 57%. And he ripped that up with his veto because he's allowed to. But then he promised with his veto would keep a public health care system. Then now he's going private two-tier health care, which was against his veto promise, mm -hmm. only passed by 52%. Guess what he did? He approved it, didn't apply his veto as he did to mine in 2018. You can read the story. Don Braid wrote it. He mentions the story. The story is my 2118 proposal that I put forward that was passed. Yeah. And, it, and it did make big news. I mean, my name I was attached that. to it because there were several of us who proposed that. Yeah. It's always how many people propose this, and it, it created the threshold of this is a debatable topic, right? And of course, it went to vote because enough of us put it forward. But you could clearly see Fandi Kogamani's story. I started it in 2017, immediately upon Bill 24. So there's no doubt, like Jason knew it came from me. He knows I, I was one of the proponents of it. And yeah. he used his autocratic power to rip it up, even though I won the majority. And he said by veto, because he has to veto anything that goes against what the party's principles are, which, again, at that one, he, he said public health care was untouchable. That's, that's a position. He will veto anything. And then... Now, this convention, what does he do? Doesn't use his veto, and it was 5% lower than what I passed with, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, my friend, I don't know what uh, I don't know what he's doing, and uh, to be quite frank. He's stripping money. So Albertans all know real quick here, Chris. I, I shouldn't say that. I know what he's doing. I, I don't know why sometimes I say things that, you know, I'm not speaking the correct, you know, <laughs> but what it is, of course he knows what he's doing. Albertans, he strips rural wealth. He strips the health system in Alberta so that he can transfer the wealth to Ottawa because your equalization, as long as he doesn't reduce the services, it doesn't mean he has to reduce how much you have to pay for those services. You see what I'm saying? As long as he can get Albertans to pay for it, whether that's rural or every Albertan or a, a tier two system of Albertans, mm -hmm. as long as he can keep the services as high or even higher and make you pay for it, he can take that wealth, add it to the formula that he himself created with Aaron O'Toole under Stephen Harper to maximize equalization formula to distribute more billions out of your pocket right to Quebec, Ottawa, and the rest of Laurentia. And it's Albertans who will pay 
even though they have the highest unemployment, the worst mortgage deferrals and ultimate bankruptcies, 18.3% we're facing right now, vastly higher than anywhere else in Canada. Jason Kenney knows what he's doing. It's called Laurentian East. It's called the Federal Conservative Liberal Party of Canada, 1871. Kings and Queens, the upper crust versus you, the dirty dust bull Alberta who exists to serve that Central East. That's the reality. This is the mentality. You're not real human beings. You're colonial dirtbags. That's the reality. What's funny is that people reel at that going, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. But, but uh, I, I think we, I might have brought this up last time I talked to you, and that, that was the uh, interview that he did in, uh, in Quebec with a Quebec uh, newspaper or something. It was on – you can go find it. He looks, like, uh, he looks like a pirate, and he's talking about Stephen Harper and how uh, basically how this is our country, meaning Quebec's, and that uh, they shouldn't be ruled by a bunch of dirty Albertans, right? Like we're changing, like this is absolutely. our country. Not, and, yeah. and it was absolutely full of bigotry. Not ours. Not ours. Hatred. Yeah. Hatred towards towards the West. Absolutely. And it, it's I Toronto's the same way. Yeah, Toronto's the same way. The, the British are the same way. Any British Canadian from that East, you know, and I'm not attacking Brits. It's just... The reality is there's a superiority complex here, and this is what the United States fought the War of Independence on. And it is very, very much alive in Quebec and in in Toronto and the greater Ontario area in large, large municipalities. It comes from the UK. They come here and they look at you like you were a filthy colonist especially the West, a crybaby baby who should be lucky enough to lick the dust off their boots. And you know, and this to. what the U.S. went through, the War of Independence. Like I said, what Jason Kenney and, and Aaron O'Toole just did in this UCP AGM, the way they did it, and undermined Donald Trump, whether you like him or not. I'm going to tell everybody this right now. I've done so much work on the United States. It don't matter, Democrat or Republican, you start sporting that Laurentian attitude with the states and what they're proposing, Paris climate, big emitters, you know, basically urinate all over the U.S. on investment Mm -hmm. and their assets are still held here today. And you're going to go underneath the USMCA, bring in all these countries, UK, you know, all these countries, Australia and, and everybody we've gone through, bring them underneath that agreement, allow them to come over here, open borders, set up shop, yeah. strip the manufacturing, strip the labor costs. The USMCA, the, the U.S. won't tolerate it. No, no Democrat, no Republican. Regardless of what you hear of Joe Biden and, and the rhetoric he makes, ultimately Americans will never embrace that. And we're going to be punished for this. You want to mess around, you're going to be punished. We're all going to see it. I believe Donald Trump will be reelected. We're going to see it post-November 3rd. And look out, it's not good for Alberta. and It's not good for Canadians or Canada. Do you think if I showed up at the U.S. border in uh, Idaho uh, 
and and called myself a refugee you, you think that they would let me in oh uh, you know <laughs> i don't know i know there's all kinds i, I just worked for an american company had a whole bunch of americans tell me all these things i can do and then i kind of lapsed i can always do political asylum too but you know no no i'm gonna fight for alberta we gotta fight this fight Let's see what 2023 brings. Yeah. I'm talking to all the separatist groups here, Chris. Don't worry. And any of your viewers, it's never over till it's over. Like I said, 11 months. I mean, I don't want to wait that time period. But I think we're going to get there if, if people can put aside the autocratic system, as hard as that is, yeah. because every party is born and birthed into it, and people just love power and control. But I'm going to make my strongest case, I promise you all, with the strongest people, much stronger than me. It's coming together, and I think I'm going to make that group for all of you. And let's see if we can get everybody to agree and come on board and, and drop our powers and controls. Take up a CA in your community, and let's drive forward. I'm trying. Don't give up. Don't. It takes months to accomplish this stuff. The rate of accomplishments, you guys, is born like this. Trust me, as a guy who is arrested in a community for just speaking out on, on an issue or in a forum, to now all of a sudden I'm able to do all this. A lot of people are. Three, three and a half years ago, man, it was ugly. It was ugly, Albertans. And I went through that ugly time. So for me, I see it differently. I see things getting better and better and better. It's just, you know, for anyone coming on, it's like, we're not moving the masses. And for me, it was like, I had matchsticks, and now we got a little bonfire. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, good. good. Just, you know, good. Well, we're Dave, get there. I believe we are. I, I could talk to you all day, my friend. Uh, where do we find you? You are on, uh, you're on Facebook, for sure. You, uh, you've got yeah, videos. I would suggest yeah, to. Uh, I'm on YouTube as well. I, uh. You just run my name. You'll find me. I'm on Twitter. I could use more Twitter followers all the time. That's have you sure. uh, have you I gone on Parlor yet? Have you gone on Parlor no, yet? You guys gotta get me hooked up on all this stuff. I just I've always liked the Facebook. I know everybody's trying to get hooked up, but I don't know. I, I yeah. Facebook doesn't get me like everybody else. But I've been back checked like real quick here. So <laughs> conservatives are trolling me out. Since the AGM and all these ramifications and their bleed out, Jason's on the warpath. So he's got uh, his little drone squad trolls out. They're hammering on me on all my Facebook posts. We're a party, you're trying to scare all my followers. <laughs> and I laugh because just so everybody knows, there's one thing about Facebook. You can look at how many times you've been reported and assessed by Facebook. 386 posts. I've only had one comical one I shared because I found it funny, not because yeah. it was truth, but mostly everything I post has passed every loony left or or right, you know, troll that comes on. And now the conservatives are like, that's a liar, a liar, we report you. And it's like, you might slow me down for 24 hours, but so everybody knows when you pass Facebook's back checkers, you, you get a credibility, right? And it's true, right? And then People like other experts that are actual real source in the world, they, they'll they see that, right? And then they don't even mind, oh, no, this guy, he's 
98 point whatever percent accurate in the things he shares. So when conservatives do it, it's going to go to the left. And like, this guy's pretty smart. And right. to the right, they say, oh, this guy's pretty smart. So, <laughs> you know, it's good. I might report you more. Come on. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? Check me yeah. out. Uh, yeah, we need to get you on parlor for sure. Uh, you're, I think you'd have a, sure, a pretty, send it to me. I'll check it out. I will do that. Okay. So, uh, there it is folks. I've taken up enough of everyone's time today. Thanks for episode 21 and, uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.